0: We're on the cutting room floor, Chaplin. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects the movie from the previous week's podcast. I am Zach Brooks, and I am joined, as always, by... Brendan Fitzpatrick. And, uh, Brendan, we are... My Google Doc is, like, changing the format all of a sudden. I lost my place. All right, Brendan. Oh, no. Yeah, last week we talked <laughs> about Fracture. Starring yes. Anthony Hopkins. And this week... We're talking about Chaplin, also uh, featuring Anthony Hopkins, not starring Anthony. Anthony Hopkins. The uh, 1992 biopic from Richard Attenborough about mm-hmm. the silent movie star, Charlie Chaplin, went through his whole life. Uh, I do think I have a decent title connection for this one. I'll just call it right yes. off the bat. So, uh, then at the end of the episode, we will decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and uh, ones we brought as your hosts for the podcast. Brendan, you and I are both saying the listeners stole a lot of our picks,
1: we think. Uh, indeed, indeed. But luckily, there are a, um, I mean, there's a whole genre to pick from as far sure. as biographies and autobiographical films go. Um, oh, I thought you meant so, silent movies. So, you know, there's, there's thousands of films to choose from for Connections for this week. So, yeah. But yes, uh, many of mine did get taken by the listeners, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it.
0: Yeah, I haven't actually looked at what the listeners sent in, but I would imagine, I, I think I have some, like, low-hanging fruit, so...
2: I
1: wouldn't Mm. be surprised. I
0: have some interest. I have a couple interesting ones. A couple that I think you'd be excited if we did. Uh, Yes. Not to jump too far ahead.
1: Same on my side as well, I think. Um, But yeah, um, I'm really excited to talk about this movie and talk about uh, what I've been watching this week. It's been a it's been a uh, hectic week of movie and TV watching for myself. Um, I feel like I made up for a lot of lost time this week because after watching only like three things over my birthday weekend, I watched eight movies. And all of Stranger Things season four. Oh, look at you! Since last time we talked, so there we go. Um, Plus Obi Wan. Plus uh, I caught up on Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds, which has been fantastic. Um, But none of that was a lot of screen time for you, Brendan. Yeah, it is a lot of screen time. You had eight movies uh, since we last. Yeah, is that including Chaplin? That is including Chaplin. All right, Right, uh, let me double check that. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Actually, nine including
0: Chaplin. I got you beat. Fourteen Uh-oh. on me. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't watch. I didn't watch any TV except Obi Wan this week. Uh, mm. But I also did finish a book as well. Uh, and one of the movies oh. I saw was like it's yeah. long, so. Uh, holiday weekend and an extra day before the podcast was recorded, yes. we both watched a ton of shit this week. Uh, so before we get to the best thing we've been watching, of course, we'll be spoiling Chaplin. So if you've not seen it, uh, it's a true life story. But uh, yeah. if you, you know if you don't know the story, of Charlie Chaplin, and you want to check it out, it is streaming on HBO Max, HBO Max as well
1: as Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay, yes,
0: HBO Max. That was where I watched it. Uh, yep. I don't think it's on Amazon Prime. Um, I think it's just HBO. Uh, maybe maybe in Canada, it's on HBO Max. Or uh, on Amazon Prime. I mean. On Prime, it can be. It yes. Be. Uh, but if uh, if you want to skip the whole Chaplin discussion here, we're going to be watching next week. Maybe it's a silent movie. Maybe it's another mm-hmm. biopic. Maybe it is an Iron Man movie. Uh, you could can be. skip could ahead. Be. You'll see the timestamp in the description of this podcast. But pause this podcast, go learn about Charlie Chaplin, go watch the movie, and then come back and
2: listen. Yes.
0: All right. And as always, send your feedback at Ladder at gmail.com is the way to email Brendan your feedback and the movie letter on the letterboxed. Everything out. All right, Brendan, you got a lot of things to choose from here. What's the best thing you watched this week?
1: It is really hard to choose. Um, Gee whiz, where do I even start? Gee Um, (laughs) whiz. Gee whiz. uh, I feel like that's an appropriate thing to say for a PG-13 movie, since I can't say uh, the F-bomb. Holy shit. Um, But uh, (laughs) holy crap, I really loved Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Ah, Nice, Um, good. I went to see Top Gun Maverick last night. Um, went to the IMAX uh, AMC in Georgetown. Um, honestly, it pales in comparison to the Air and Space IMAX. I can't wait for that to actually reopen. Um, oh, it's close. Because that that IMAX is so great. Mm. Um, but the AMC IMAX is probably like half the size of the uh, Air and Space IMAX. It's mm. like not not nearly as big. Um. But still really, really fun, really enjoyable. Um, we got seats right smack down in the middle, four rows up. It's always good. Uh, went to see it with my older brother. Um, if you listen to our original top, I was about to say Top Chef again, um, <laughs> Top Gun podcast we did a couple years ago with Frank Conkle. You'll remember that um, I have very distinct sense memories surrounding this movie and my dad and my older brother. And so it was really great going to see this with my older brother. Um and sort of complete that circle of he and I's separate experiences with this movie. Um but yeah, I loved it. Um great to see Tom Cruise doing Tom Cruise things. Miles Tom, Cruise is is Tom Cruise is a madman. Tom
0: Cruise is crazy. Tom Cruise like, is an insane
1: person. At his age, like you know that all these mm-hmm.
0: stunts that he was doing and all these flights, like it was actually him doing it. And at his yeah. age, he's in his sixties and he's just he's fearless. The uh, Mission Impossible movies keep getting crazier and this Top Gun got crazier than the last Top Gun.
1: Yeah, I know it's probably a lot of hyperbole when they say there was ver- zero uh, digital special effects and zero green screen. I'm sure there were. Mm-hmm. They're just minimalizing how much they used it. But you can tell as far as all of the flying and the landscapes and the natural atmosphere they flew through, like how much they did this with real-time stunts. And it's because it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film um i also really enjoyed all the performances um the additions to the classic soundtrack as well as a lot of the old soundtrack are still present um the vibes are all good this is a real big vibes movie it was just a That's, lot of fun to be in the it theater is, but it's, it's more of a plot yeah. movie a vibes movie i think it's a lot of it's a lot of vibes it's a lot of vibes uh i, yeah, I did think like this, amount the this yeah.
0: yeah this movie had the perfect amount of nostalgia and callbacks i thought mm-hmm. too like, when you're talking about vibes yeah. like it definitely references the first and i hadn't watched the first one since our podcast a couple years ago so it'd been a little mm. while um and i think it did a mostly a good job of like keeping you like able to remember if you haven't seen the first one in a long time right. uh the only thing that was confusing for me was the female lead played by jennifer Connolly. Yes. um i didn't know who she was if she was supposed to be playing a character that we already knew or yeah. as a new character so I'm, they,
1: I'm not going to spoil that for people um it took me until a little afterwards to figure that out when I was listening to another podcast about it, like I had to be told exactly what the connection was. Like I kind of thought I figured it out, but it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she's she is a she is a character from the original Top Gun, but I won't say how or why she is. Yeah, and um, I had no idea until you told me. Yeah. So yeah. Um... So but yeah, um, really great cast. I loved um, Glenn Powell as sort of the douchey hotshot flying ace. Um really nice to see Glenn Powell get a nice large role um like he had in this as uh the titular Hangman. Um yeah just had a really good time. Yeah, this is a fun movie. Definitely uh, recommend people go see it in theater. It definitely like gets
0: really good in the last hour, I think, too. Absolutely uh, yeah. And it, it, it sort of shifts into a different movie in the last hour, I would yeah. say. And I think that that, that was like for the first hour and a half as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is good. This is pretty fun. And then mm-hmm. um, I walked out of the theater and I was like, that, re- they really, like, they nailed it. Like, you know, a movie yeah. like this, when you're doing a sequel from, you know, 30 years later, you're not always going to nail it. Um, and so I was, 35 years later, actually. And so I was like, they, yeah. they I think they know a lot of the emotional beats um, and made it fun and made the ending good. And I feel like they're going to keep making these. I would, I would rather they not just think keep they like, sucking
1: it this Unless movie makes it's so much gonna money be like a creed thing
0: like i don't know yes i think i think a creed thing is the exact comparison i would make okay. um and this movie made so much money i do not know how they are not going to do another one mm-hmm. um but you know to be determined go see go see top gun maverick see them in theater if, you're, if you can uh if you feel up to it i think it's like the northman i
1: think it's one that really benefits from seeing the theater definitely so. definitely um, And then it's it's in my uh top for the year we'll see if it uh stays there oh, or has let's to slide I have. I have
0: it in my... It's in my top ten, but I think I only yeah. have nine movies in my top ten right now for yeah. the year. Um, I don't think yeah, I have it all the way It's in my
1: top, top five right now, but it probably won't stay there. Um, it, it, It's also nice to sort of feel like the summer blockbuster is back for going yeah. to the theater. Like, there are a lot of movies coming out this summer, and a lot of more trailers before I saw Top Gun that I'm really excited for. Like, I want to go see Bullet Train, in the yeah, that'll be fun that just looks yeah. like a lot of fun um same thing with jurassic world um and then also the new thor movie like trailers for oh, all yeah, three all three i'm gonna go see in the theater yeah.
0: like uh yeah, yeah i have this at number three right now the northman everything nice. everywhere all at once top gun maverick then the batman and then dr mm-hmm. strange are my top five right now
2: so. Nice.
0: all right well i get to pick and i have even more yeah, movies to you. choose from um so i was thinking i've actually been thinking about my answer to this like yesterday i was on a walk and i was thinking about this. Um. <laughs> Because I did see a lot of great movies, and Top Gun Maverick might be my favorite thing, like the most fun thing I saw this week. Um, But I'm going to go with my favorite movie theater experience for this week. So I went – I walked up to uh, my local, like, kind of independent movie theater. It's not the Big Megaplex, and they they do a lot of, like, classic movies there in addition to new movies. And Mm -hmm. I did see a couple weeks ago that they were going to be showing Lawrence of Arabia, which is one one of my, like – Uh, blind spots of older those older epic movies I'm sure Lawrence Arabia has come up as a suggestion before Um, Mm -hmm. and it was long I I didn't actually check how long it was before I went Uh, turns out that movie is nearly four hours long it's like 345 Um, has an intermission in the middle Uh, the theater did a 15 minute intermission which was actually very nice to be able to like get Mm -hmm. out like walk around stretch my legs like it it broke it up into basically seeing two movies instead of uh nice. sitting in the theater for for an hour. I don't know if you watch it on on streaming how long that intermission is. I'm sure it's not 15 minutes. Um
1: yeah, it probably depends on the streaming service.
0: Yeah. But I uh I never seen Lawrence of Arabia. I really didn't know anything about it except that it was a 60s epic um mm-hmm. and I didn't even know the setting that. I mean, I new two place in the desert, but it turns out it's a World War 1 movie. Uh I had no idea that's what this was about. It's about I Did not
2: Um
0: uh, yeah, it's it's about the Ottoman Empire, the British and the Ottoman Empire and um you know things that are that are going on in uh what i think became jordan i believe it's like the whole middle east area that mm-hmm. originally was ottoman empire I'm, I'm, who's typing up their messages to me right now correcting me uh right, which, right, which right. one of our listeners is doing that as i'm speaking um but yes he doesn't deep. need to look to uh <laughs> yeah this uh no this, this did live up to that like epic nature it it felt like, you know, kind of getting to the end of like a movie uh, of like a TV series almost. The way mm-hmm. that you take this arc with this character and you see, um, you see the way the Lawrence character is his name in the movie is Lawrence starts, and then you see the last shot and the way the the movie finishes with Lawrence. And, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really interesting. It 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 has a lot of commentary on colonialism, which I think is like something mm-hmm. you would expect to see in a movie now. Um in 1962 i'm like surprised to see kind of some of the some of the more progressive uh thoughts that are in this movie some more progressive Mm -hmm. progressive like anti-colonialist messaging um and also a lot of like religious imagery as well with lawrence really kind of representing like this jesus character at times so um al guinness plays an arabian prince so Mm. you can imagine that's a little bit problematic but like also he does a really good job um and it's it's super interesting to see uh you know, Obi-Wan right now is, is, you know, in the zeitgeist, but to see a pre-Obi-Wan Kenobi Al Guinness in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's interesting, you know, you can see the, the influence of this movie on a lot of things, obviously Star Wars, though. You can, as right. I walked out, I think I said to you, I said, oh yeah, George Lucas loved Lords of Arabia. And when he was making A New Hope, he was thinking a lot about that in terms of Tatooine, but also, right. you know, casting Al Guinness in the role it. that he did. Yeah. So um yeah i would if you want to use a whole afternoon if you could find lawrence of arabia in a theater i'm very very glad i saw it in the theater because it's i think if i was at home i would have been tempted to like look at my phone pause it to go Mm -hmm. to the bathroom like just to be really immersed in this epic um besides that 15 minute break in the middle was i think like just made it a really great experience and um so you know keep your eyes out if it's ever playing at like the classic theater near you and check that out
2: yeah
0: um Speaking but, of classics, should we get into Chaplin? Yeah, so we're gonna go back in time even earlier. I mean, this movie takes place. A lot of this movie takes place, like the the bookends parts of this movie take place in the nineteen sixties. So it takes place around the same time, Lawrence of Arabia. The nineteen twenties, forties, and sixties. We time yes. we up. And then to the seventies is when we end yep. uh the last yep. scene of the movie. So yeah. Um it's biopic, all about Charlie Chaplin. Of course, you know, everybody's familiar with him, the this little tramp character that he played in silent movies in the uh what, 1914 i think was was uh-huh. when he first starts all the, all the way up to like the you know 30s and 40s so um yep. yeah Brennan, what were your uh this is
1: first time seeing it for you as well in addition to me yeah this was my first time seeing Chaplin. um i was really taken with how physical robert county jr's performances
2: mm-hmm.
1: um especially with all of the physicality of the pratfalls and the little tramp's physicality, with the very, very specific walk he does as mm-hmm. the little tramp, yeah. with his feet catty-corner like out, and the like awkward bottle walk he does. Um, I thought I thought Robert Downey Jr. did a really great job encapsulating the physicality and presence, um, of Charlie Chaplin, and then also just like the way that he. Um, impassioned to the character and the way the character talks about movies and experiences movies for the first time in in, in that saloon in Montana and then just is like I can do that. I'm a a magician. I can do all of this and I'm going to show you. And then he just does it. Mm -hmm. And he does everything to make a movie. He doesn't just act. He writes and directs and composes and does creates the whole, I mean, he builds his whole
0: – yeah, the studio that he builds He, he as well. builds
1: an entire studio called United Artists, which still exists today, and I believe is owned by Warner Brothers. I wrote this down. It's either Warner or Paramount. Um But yeah, he, he basically created an entire um actor-friendly studio because the studio system was so corrupt back then in old Hollywood. Um, Mm. And I mean, so he did all of these great things and then was eventually exiled because he got caught up in the 1950s communist. Red Scare, yeah. Sweep, the Red Scare sweep um, that took place in the 1950s around all the McCarthy hearings and all that. And he was forced to flee and like wasn't allowed back in Hollywood for 20 years. And really, I mean, we
0: see early in this movie the dinner with J. Edgar Hoover and yes. his, uh, you know, the vendetta that J. Edgar Hoover holds against Charlie Chaplin basically because Charlie Chaplin is making these, you know, it's it's such a like a timely Political films. Yeah, yeah, it's like such a timely thing to see. He's making these like socially progressive and workers rights films and exactly. movies about, yeah, movies about, you know, the elite class and the working class. And you, know, you yes. can see that in a lot of the movies that we've seen that Charlie Chaplin has been in Those Absolutely. those themes and Jagger Hoover is is saying you have this influence over all these people you even it's like the same thing that we see right now with like social media and these you know big influencers and things like that that like you have this influence over people and Jagger Hoover wants him to use it to you know pretty much keep people in line and not right. not stir this revolution this workers revolution and um He's like no, because that's not what artistry is.
2: Like, Well, and not that's not
0: like, – yeah, and we see kind of his background. Like what yeah. I really liked about this is I, I didn't know much of the Charlie Chaplin story. I didn't, I didn't know. yeah. I didn't know that he was uh, – that he was banished from Hollywood or banished from America mm-hmm. for the time that he was. And so, I knew he a lot. was.
1: I didn't know when it happened or why. Like, I didn't really know that much going into it. So. Yeah, and a lot of the – I thought a lot of the
0: kind of story beats, the way things flowed together, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we see this Jedgar Hoover scene early in the movie. And then we're seeing Charlie Chaplin actually do the, the roll dance, uh, the bread roll yes. dance that's um, – I'm trying to remember which movie that was from, if that was from City Lights um,
1: or uh, – Isn't
0: that the immigrant –
1: no, no that's the other one
0: that's up to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the ones that I watched last year. Uh, bread roll dance with uh, the chaplain. Yeah, so, you know, we're seeing him do that, which is an icon. Oh, it's from Gold Rush. I should know that because Gold Rush is my... Oh, that is Gold Rush. We'll get to yeah, this, but we, Gold Rush is my favorite. We see the classic cabin scene from Gold Rush as well. Yeah. Um, and so we're seeing him doing that, you know, and, and he's, like, making everybody at the table laugh, and, and this is where Jagger Hoover gets so, so sure. angry with him, and then we see this... This vendetta that he holds over him for all these years, he's trying to dig mm. up dirt on Charlie Chaplin. So the way well, that
1: that's the thing is like that That was sort of Jagger, who M.O. as well is like he would feel people out. And if they didn't immediately like kowtow to his like paranoid, abusive delusions as head of the FBI, he would basically create a case file on them and stalk them for the rest of their lives. Calling back to a movie yeah. that we did in season one, Clue. Uh
0: that's exactly. a whole storyline of yep. Clue. Um Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so I and I really like that. And I like that the vow. you know, we see one of the things I will say is this does like kind of simplify a lot of things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, sure. it does, and that's what you get with a biopic where it's like this one moment in your life, like set you on this trajectory, but it does. We do see early on in, in Chaplin's life that, you know, he grows up working class. He, you know, he mm-hmm. doesn't grow up as, as a rich as one of these, you know, rich elite people that he eventually becomes and becomes this huge movie star. And so he always does have a, you know, a, he always values the the working class and that's what, you know, you're seeing that in the movies that he's making.
1: Well, and, he um, that theme too, to... and that's the other thing is like, because he's, he's raised as a kid, as the son of this vaudeville performer, like mm-hmm. he's raised in the working class streets of show business as well. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. not the elite streets of Hollywood, right? but the like, you have, you really have to earn your dinner by giving the people a show and one that they can relate to. Which so he ends up doing, like one of the first yeah. scenes that we see him, he ends up doing that as exactly. a kid when his mother can't perform. Yeah.
0: Um, and also, you know, we're seeing his, um, you know, his stance against Nazism and, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, which was, you know, controversial uh, to the people that he was with. That he, yeah, yeah that he was very progressive to be able to do that. Um, you know, and we're seeing the part of that is because his brother is half Jewish and, yeah. uh, you know, but just also that, you know, his strong social values and that he, you know, he. And that causes uh, a lot of, after, you know, a lot of effects later on in the movie as well. So to see kind of some of these themes go across yeah. the movie from an early age, I think that was, um, you know, that's, let's say standard biopic stuff, right? Like the, if you've mm. seen if you've seen other biopics, I think that's probably my biggest criticism is like this is this is not yeah. that different than like a Bohemian Rhapsody. Like there's a lot of those kind right. of beats that you hit in a biopic, playing the hits, yeah. yeah
1: like but what, for example <laughs> with all of his wives it doesn't take the time to really delve into all of the loves of his life no it not just flashes through them every every time we stop down for something he has a different woman but we don't really take any time to get to know them they have two lines of dialogue and then they're gone right and, and that also like, yeah
0: that was something and I was like am i like I was trying to kind of jot down some notes on that. And we have like yeah. Mila Jovovich and Marissa yeah. Tomei and where Kelly, like we have all of these yeah. uh, Diane Lane, I think. Yeah. Diane Lane played one yeah. as well. And we don't spend, I mean, it, the movie's already long I enough really, as it yeah. is, so, but like, we don't spend much time with them. And then at the end of the movie, we get the, we get each cast member and they're showing the little blurb about each person. Right. And, and there were people and i was like oh yeah i totally forgot he even had a relationship with that woman because it goes so quickly the way he moves through these people the only the only female character in this that really has any through line is moira kelly and it's more moira kelly the actress versus moira kelly's character of una o'neill um who is the the mother of one of the cast members of this movie actually
1: exactly and i think part of the problem also is that were it to take any time to really delve into any of those relationships you wouldn't like Charlie Chaplin very much. Like, yes. this movie is doing a lot of work to make Charlie Chaplin be, like, this ideal, idealistic, picture-perfect Hollywood icon mm-hmm. who never did anything wrong and was always on the side of right. And that is not entirely true. I mean, just based on the fact that, you know, I mean... It's noted in the movie, but also sort of glossed over that several of his lovers and two of his wives were underage when he married them.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and they do mention that. Wasn't there
0: like a 16-year-old that they mentioned in this? um, Yeah, I think Mila Jovovich's character was pretty young. It's not great. Yeah. Um, No, and I do think like, you know, and as I was reading about this, like I was reading a little bit about how Richard Attenborough just mm-hmm. really, really loves Charlie Chaplin. I think he said Gold Rush is like his favorite movie ever.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he
0: bought the rights to this in 1988 to produce, and it didn't actually come out until 1992. So, like, Attenborough right. was working on this, and you can tell that this movie is a love letter to Charlie Chaplin, not just Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin, the person, but especially that, those last five yeah. minutes, like Charlie Chaplin, the performer. And exactly. you see that, so, that um, reel of all of his greatest moments from the Oscars.
1: The ideal um, of Charlie
0: Chaplin. Yes, yeah. And just the way that he influenced Hollywood and cinema Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, as you're watching, you're watching that footage and then you're watching the Charlie Chaplin character react to that footage as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was a really like touching and emotional and appropriate way to end this movie as well. I thought Um, so too. Yeah. And I I
1: thought some of the – I'm sorry to – Oh I was just going to
0: say I love the I love the way that it ends too that it ends like mm-hmm. a silent movie does with the with the title card that says the end coming up yeah. and cuz I, I didn't know that, too. that was yeah. going to be the end of the, I thought there was probably going to be another scene tacked on after that so I was surprised that that was you know that was and I thought it was a touching and fitting way to end so uh,
1: Yeah that, that that's the thing that I really liked is that there were individual scenes and moments that like made me really admire and like Charlie Chaplin through this but the movie doesn't take as much time as it could and maybe should to like really delve into who he is as a person like outside of outside of all this but I really like enjoyed all of his relationship with a lot of the supporting cast like mm-hmm. I mean everything with in the beginning with when he gets to Hollywood and is going through his first couple pictures and meets the Dan Aykroyd character yes uh, Matt, Matt Sinek, is all hilarious like his audition for max is incredible it's like i perfect. really really like and seeing this you know this
0: yeah. era dan Aykroyd. It's it's yeah, been a exactly. while since i've seen you know since seen anything with dan Aykroyd. and just like i do remember like 90s late 80s 90s dan Aykroyd is so much yeah. fun on screen he's got such a good presence yeah. and yeah. i also really really liked having him in this
1: yeah and then like i mean it's a tough it's a tough competition between him and then you get Kevin Klein introduced as the great Douglas Fairbanks Sr., mm-hmm. who is, like, one of the greatest icons of the the silent era as well. I mean, he was known as the swashbuckling hero of, like, the Pirate Adventurers and Robin Hood and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he was like Robin Hood before Errol Flynn was. And he just, was like, died very tragically um, when he was young of a heart attack. Um, but he, like, was one of the first big icons of Hollywood. And I think Kevin Kline's performance is really, really fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of There's in the that scene with the two of them trying to figure out, like, what to do with their careers and what fame is and what they can do with it up on the Hollywood sign. And then it, like, pans out and you see, like, the classic Hollywood sign, but it's Hollywood land. And I love the last that- four letters hadn't
0: fallen down yet. Well, and I love too that that yeah. scene's taking place, and you don't realize that's like I I believe mm. that that the way that that shot you don't realize where they are. Like I, as I was right. watching, yeah. I just shot thought they behind were behind like,
2: first. Yeah,
0: they were just out like hiking somewhere, and then yeah. the camera zooms out, and you realize like, oh, this whole time they were sitting at the Hollywood sign, which I'm sure is not exactly. where this conversation actually took place. But like, it's really mm. great. It's good cinema, right? Um, yeah,
1: it's very good cinema.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I think like. There were some nice, like fun touches. I, I also really like the scene where they're trying to finish editing the film, and I can't remember which wife this was. They're trying to finish yeah. editing the film quickly before
1: the wife can claim it as part of the divorce hearings. Yes. And then uh, then that's gonna be what um I mean, I'm gonna spoil it, but my hero in the movie I think is gonna be that the editing of that edit in in Utah. Like they're 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 trying to finish the kid. And they go to Utah, and they they do all of this cinematography where it's like sped up and trickery, like it's a silent movie. Exactly, it's made it's exactly like a silent movie. I freaking yeah. loved it.
0: It was yeah, it's like a, it it's, a, it's like a mini five minute silent movie in the middle of the yeah. movie, and it might be like directly in the middle of this movie. Um, yeah. And yeah, and you're and you're seeing like the slapstick, and you know, of course, again, mm-hmm. this is not what actually happened, but as a way to present this mini narrative. To do it like it is a classic Charlie Chaplin silent movie. Um, exactly. You know, I, I don't know if like I feel like if anybody's making a Charlie Chaplin film, they're probably like, okay, we got to have the silent movie like scene in here. But I, right. it was it was very fun. I, I also really it was liked great. That.
1: I was yeah. that was the highlight of the movie for me. It was
0: that? Scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think like some stuff that didn't quite work for me. The first is just mm-hmm. like from a narrative. Like this, I like that this movie, the way that this movie spans what 60 something year over no like eighty yeah. years because it starts in the 80, 1890s about eight
1: years yeah
0: yeah um and i like that we're seeing such a wide scope of his life and i like that we have like the narrative device where we're seeing him tell the story to the mm-hmm. anthony hopkins character um but what I didn't like was, like, sometimes they would say the year that something was taking place. And sometimes they yeah. would say, like, seven years later. And it just made it really right. hard for me to track, like, what was happening when. And I would have preferred they just do the year every time. And that's, like, a very picky thing. But I really didn't like that sometimes they were, like, 1914. And other times I said eight years later. I'm like, right, right, just right. put 1922. Um, yeah. Bro, I just just I be consistent. That.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that especially if you're writing a book, like then you need to like structure it like he's writing a book and yes have consistency in how you what i did like about this um is so you know
0: we'll get it, i think we're going to get into anthony hopkins stuff i think because we will, yeah, yeah cuz he's really not in this movie much but no. what they did is anthony hopkins from from what i was reading is the only fictional character in this movie everybody else right. has true life actual um actual people like they represent real people in his life the yep. Anthony Hopkins character was a fictional character, but what it turns out is this Anthony Hopkins uh, author that he's talking to or book editor or whoever he's talking to, yep. then we get that all of this was taking place. He's telling a flashback there, but this flashback mm-hmm. that he's telling is actually taking place in a dream that he's having 10 years later. So it yep. could be that this fictionalized character was somebody he dreamt right. up and this never this conversation, it didn't happen in real life. And it's a way for the movie to kind of acknowledge, I think right. that this is a fictionalized character and not saying that this was, and they're not, they're not misrepresenting this as a real right. person because they're saying, well, this all happened within Charlie's dream that was happening in the seventies.
1: Right. And they also acknowledge that Chaplin was writing a book around this time, but he didn't have a actual Anthony Hopkins character that he was narrating his audi- autobiography to. But right. like he was writing a, autobiography around that time when he was. So the autob- did he write the autobiography but, in the seventies or in the sixties? Because I would Okay, yes.
0: In, yeah. in this yeah. and then in the 70s, he's thinking back to the time when he was writing the book right. in this dream.
1: Exactly. Um, and yeah. so it's it's sort of like Anthony Hopkins is a tape recorder. Right, exactly. That, that's his imagination that mm-hmm. he's like asking himself these questions to right. set up how he's gonna write each chapter.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's like a like you know, because all of these biopics and true to life stories always have characters that were created or like they're exactly. modulations of like a couple different yeah. characters. Yeah. Um and for for that, to, just to have like a, a that little touch in there where it's like, yeah, this one fictional character, like we're not saying that character existed. This was something in his head. Um, right. I think that was interesting, and you know, I do think like it was nice to have Anthony Hopkins in this, but um, I think you and I mm. both kind of feel the same way that it was like he didn't do anything. Like he just right. was kind yeah, of it like wasn't
1: a asked him it questions. wasn't necessary, but it was nice to have. Be if he if he was going to narrate the film, it was nice to have like somebody for robert downey jr to be telling the story too mm-hmm. but it could have been anybody and it actually might have been a nice use of um who's the actress that plays his final wife that's in the work yeah so it would have been a nice use of moira kelly if he was just sitting there like narrating the story to her instead of anthony hopkins you know what i mean yeah.
2: like yeah
0: Some other casting things that are interesting. What do you think about the idea of using the same actress as the woman he first woman he fell in love with that he lost, and his final Mm -hmm. wife Una Kelly um, that he ended up, you know, living the rest of his life with, having eight kids with?
1: I think it's a. I think it says something about like he never got over his first love. Like it's trying to say something very idealistic about Chaplin and like what he thought about love, and so he's always chasing this dream. Mm-hmm. Like this dream girl. Well, and, and it is. I mean, I feel like it's a little shallow because it's like, oh, it like is. the he, the woman he yeah. loves, like, looks just like the woman he used to love. Um, but when you look at the the women that are cast in this film as his love I, interest, they all do kind of look the same. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Like at the end of the day, they all like. It's hard to tell some of them apart because mm-hmm. they all sort of wear the same thing, have the same hairstyles, look the same way. Like, um. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, except for the Nancy Travis character, who turns out to be like insane. Yeah, Uh, which is you know interesting, tied to his mother. um, Mm. You know, the mental
0: illness aspect of it. Yeah, Um, she looks more like his mother. Yeah, the what I did like about the having the same actress play the woman that he you know he loved and lost, and the and the woman he ends up spending Mm. most of his life with, is like it does kind of visualize. You know that she she reminds him of this woman, and that's what he loves about right. her. It's not necessarily that they look exactly the same, or maybe it is, right. but it's also just like, you know, you meet somebody who kind of looks like somebody. You remind me a lot of like this. It's person. an idealization,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. I was um I was very confused when uh, they said Hetty Kelly died, that the character Maura Kelly's first character, because I knew mm-hmm. she she was like third build in this movie, and I was like, wait, is she right. gonna show up and like. Find him and be like, I didn't actually die. I've I've been alive this whole time, but I have like a different name. I've been living under, uh, but it just turned out she was playing two different characters. So, yeah. Um, you know, the flu pandemic. Didn't we have
1: was- a movie where that happened, where somebody was playing two different characters. Oh no, that was we didn't we didn't do that movie. I'm was, was thinking of Nightmare Alley. Oh, um, yeah. I was gonna say Joe versus. Spoilers the for right Meg Ryan
0: plays uh, multiple yeah. people in that as well, multiple lover interests yeah. in that.
1: Scully, Scully, Lynch
0: from Nightmare Alley, isn't
1: that Nightmare Alley that I'm thinking I of? Mer- I don't remember that,
0: but uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we talked about Anthony Hopkins. Oh, another casting thing I think that's very interesting uh, is Geraldine Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin's daughter, who yes. you know I actually just saw in. I watched the I watched the whole Jurassic series last week, and uh, she's in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, but she plays her own grandmother. So she oh, plays Charlie Chaplin's mom in this movie, but she's Charlie's oh, daughter. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, the actress who plays Charlie Chaplin's daughter is old enough when they made this movie to be playing Charlie Chaplin's mom throughout the whole movie. That makes sense. Yeah. That's so, Wild. Um. And she's been in a couple of things. She's been in Nashville. Um, yeah. Doctor. Oh, yeah, sorry, I Dr. thought she was
1: Nashville. really good. Um, especially in the scene where she just like you know, is losing it, like, when she comes back to... um, With the crackers or whatever? Yeah, with the crackers, when they're having the tea and the crackers, when she comes Mm -hmm. to Hollywood, and they, like, think everything's gonna be okay, and then she's, like, slowly breaking up over the... You know, as they're sitting there, and Charlie Mm -hmm. realizes, like, he has to abandon his mother again. Like, it was... That was really effective. I thought that was a really good scene. Yeah. I I thought the scene early
0: in the movie, too, where she's first... Mm -hmm going to the hospital for her mental illness and she thinks that the, she thinks that the tile is, is a river and she's making them walk around. And I I thought it was interesting in the fact that it's making Charlie have to do like a physical stunt, right? He has to walk around the river and he's kind of tight rope walking around the outside of that tile, much like he would in movies where he has to do these tight, He has tight tight rope walks all the time in movies. So yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was good too. Um,
1: Um, I, 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 Good. Yeah, uh, You go. I don't have anything interesting. So I really, I also, we didn't talk about it. We sort of glossed over the beginning of this film. But I really loved the way the film opened with like, Robert Downey Jr.'s face is in black and white. Mm -hmm. Like he's in a black and white movie. Until he starts taking his makeup off. And then all of a sudden the movie goes to, turns to color. Mm
2: -hmm. Because he's
1: taking the black and white makeup off. And I just thought that was like a really cool effect, and like I thought that I thought I thought that was like really nifty, and was like, oh, so we're going from black and white to color because we're telling this narrative, and then yeah, do we know when that was supposed to be that
0: scene? Um, I mean, I guess it's just Um, some point when in this like at some point, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too. I did write down like uh, in my notes: is this just going to be a story about how the funny guy is sad? Because that's really oh, like the sad clown can't. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, sad the, the clown. The classic one, exactly.
1: story of Kaliachi. Yeah.
0: So, which is like what we're getting, right? Where a lot of this is like, right. this guy is so funny on screen, but like the scene where he, uh, he's on the train and it's that he just yeah. learned that, uh, H- Hannah Kelly had, or was that her name? Hannah Kelly. Uh, yeah. Hetty uh, Kelly had just died and he's on the train and then all the people are like, Charlie, come make us laugh. And he has to like, put on a, you know, yeah. put on a happy face and all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, i thought that's when he goes back to england right yeah. right yeah and he's yeah exactly and he's like the big star so you know it is it is interesting that you know we're seeing like oh this guy you see him on screen and he's so fun and he's so happy-go-lucky but actually he had some some major issues and, deal, and demons with his family and love interests and yeah life that he was dealing with um you know and i think like this you know but it, i don't know it got a, the movie got a little paint by numbers at times right okay. there's the um When he um, when he finds like the little tramp costume, for example, Um, and there's another scene in the movie where he's oh, it's when he can't figure out how to without going to add sound to his movie, how he could make the woman in um, in City Lights think that he's rich. Right? Yeah, like the, how can you How can taxi, she? How yeah, can, yeah? How can they know that she's rich? And it's the sound of the car door, and they have him like sit there, and then he hears the car door slam, and he he gets his idea. And that reminded me a lot of the um, We Were You scene in Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. where they're like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it, like that's in every biopic, right? Where they're the classic like,
1: biopic, yeah, right, where they have like the moment they have
0: to, yeah, they to find their inspiration, then you see them getting their inspiration. But like, you know, a this is a 1992 biopic, like it's not going to be the most inventive, right. but it is um i do think like some of that stuff is just a little paint by numbers um,
1: yeah it's a very glossy movie it's very like very auto especially very like 80s 90s biopicy. like there's mm-hmm. not a lot um there's not a lot in this movie that's going to surprise you aside from some of the visuals how did charlie notice all those stocks before the stock market crash <laughs> i was very um, confused
0: by that i'm like that's yeah. that's very
1: fortuitous like good job Yeah. right um <laughs> Yeah. Maybe he's a financial genius too.
0: Yeah.
1: Thought, or he just like needed the, the money. He just probably needed the money because he got out to Hollywood and it was like Or great. like the or maybe yeah. he saw the stock market was starting to go down
0: and he just got out right before it crashed. I don't know. Um, or maybe that never happened. Maybe they just I, but I'm assuming they wouldn't uh, fictionalize that. Um yeah, and, and I also thought like the uh silent movie star in the talkie era. We've obviously seen that in a couple other movies that'll probably come up mm. later on in this discussion. I, I, that's something that I think is really interesting. You know, it's a period of huge transition in Hollywood, and, you know, you see a lot of these silent movie stars did not make the transition over to talkies, and there was a whole new generation of, of stars of talkie films. Um, and Charlie Chaplin held out for a very long time, only doing these silent movies. So I think it's, like, that's an interesting time period to delve into. The whole movie, I think, is an interesting time period
2: to delve into. Mm-hmm. So. I
1: agree. Um, Alright, yeah, anything I, think else I really to love yeah good good i really love this era of filmmaking like i mean i'm a sucker for movies set around this time that are like movies about movies because it is you know we've there are a lot of hollywood movies about like movie how to make movies in the 60s how they made movies in the 70s but like it's nice to go back to this time period to the birth of and so maybe long. we will next week as well if one of our okay. conne- if some of our connections come up but I, I really, let, I have fondness for this era of movie making. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. I thought that they did a good job um, uh, depicting the era of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you surprised it didn't get nominated for Best Picture?
0: In the, I the am, Oscars?
1: actually. Um, it's, it's a little surprising. I know it got nominated for Best Actor, and did it get best, nominated for Best, best Score sorry, as well?
0: That's what sort I of thought, yeah. Yeah. And the Best Score, I think the, the score is like, a, a good mix of like silent movie era mm. music like that kind of like jazzy classical but also um you know but also kind of some of the emotional like the the smile song that we end with i thought was pretty yeah. good um and so.
1: best uh best art direction as well We should mention. Best, okay
0: yeah um no i'm yeah i'm surprised best picture i feel like this came out now especially with the 10 movies that can be nominated i feel like this would be nominated for best picture
1: I mean, it it would have been definitely – 92 was a really strong year, though, wasn't it? I mean, 92 was the – at least for back then, it was a really strong year. It was – the that was the Dances with of the Wolves year, right? Yeah, Unforgiven uh, – no, it's Unforgiven, yeah. The Crying Game, uh, uh, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, and, and the
0: movie that keeps coming up, Scent of a Woman. Uh, Al Pacino uh, beat Robert De Niro for Best Actor from Scent of a right. Woman as well.
1: Robert Downey Jr.
2: You mean, um,
1: yes, Robert Downey I would have put this in over Howard's End. I mean, nobody, nobody remembers Howard's End. Um, we might, we might get some crap for that, but I, I would, I would put it in there.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, this also is, a I, movie starring Anthony Hopkins.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, and I, maybe we'll be doing that next week. Um. Mid- yeah. Uh, oh, the the player was also this. 1992 is a very strong year. 1992
1: Um, is a very strong year. Um, I'm
0: kind of surprised the player didn't get nominated. I guess back then maybe the academy was less uh, less into movies about movies, whereas now if you make a movie about a movie, both of those uh, would
1: have been nominated now. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: Um, I I will say that um, really nice to have a you know Richard Attenborough and a um, oh shoot what's his name Nashville. Um, Oh Robert Altman. Robert Altman, two movies about movies from two great directors, you know, in in the same year is mm-hmm. really nice, um, especially because they're both really good at ensemble films as well. Um, but also, like, 92, uh, A Few Good Men is still my favorite movie of 1992, and I don't know that that's going to change. And I know that's, like, a really chalky thing to say, mm-hmm. but... I, I do love the you give them, so.
0: yeah um well should we look at the um the 1972 academy awards when charlie yes. chaplin got his uh so we can see yeah. what was nominated got his that
1: Harry year. Oscar. yeah uh it. yeah so all right let me pull um, that one and i up. believe it's uh walter Matthau and jack lemon are the presenters in that flashback scene i guess
0: uh, nice yeah so this was the um, 1972 academy awards covering the 1971 movie yeah. so uh the French Connection was the yeah. big winner that year. That was Best Director, Best Actor, Best Picture. Oh, yeah. um, but we're also, you know, uh, Clockwork Orange was that year. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof also that Ooh. year. Um, Last Picture Show, one that you re- recently watched. That. Nice. And, uh, Nicholas and Alexandra were the movies nominated wow. for Best Picture. So um, also the same year as Clute. Uh, that Ooh. was that year. Um, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Mary Queen of Scots that year. So nice. um I, I would say you know is it bad to say, to I mean, Honor Charlie 1992 was probably the better year for movies than 1971 oh, definitely. so um say that all right um, some people off as i uh all right so you wanted to talk a little bit about like uh silent movie performers um, yeah
1: and i wasn't sure if i was going to say this for my one
0: last thing or if you wanted to do that oh now. i didn't mean to step on your one last thing um no no Well, I I would say like I wish we would have gotten especially I've been watching a lot of Buster Keaton silent movies yeah um, because I've been watching along with film spotting marathon that they're doing right now so over the last month I've watched like five or six Buster Keaton movies I really wish we would have gotten Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd in this movie like I gotta imagine there were times when the three of them were interacting um
1: and I wish we would have gotten
0: appearances by them in this
1: yeah I would have been really curious I would be really curious to know like what the relationships between those three were, if there was any, even. Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know that they all had to be aware of each other. But, like, I like, I can appreciate all three of them for different reasons. Like, I mean, there is a ridiculous scene in The Cameraman with Buster Keaton ah, involving involving a camera and a door that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. In, in a classic film. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. just amazing. But then you go to, like, Harold Lloyd, who is just one of the most, like... um He's just the perfect, like, everyman kind of guy. reminds me like so a, much of Egon from Ghostbusters.
0: Like, his yeah, look reminds like me so nerdy, much of, of Harold Ramis. Which Harold he's Lloyd, He's the nerdy
1: put-upon everyman. And mm-hmm. he does, like, such a good job in everything. I've seen a man... He's really good in the Kid Brother... Um, And then he's also really good in um, uh, Safety Last, which is the one you introduced me to him with. But then you have Charlie Chaplin come along and he's like the king of all of the things. Like Mm -hmm. he can do the physical comedy of Buster Keaton, but he can do the like charm and like uneasiness and shyness of a Harold Lloyd. But then he also has like the charisma when he needs to of his own thing like he's he's incredible like yeah, it's so very, I, it's very hard for me to rank them and pick ones yeah. that are uh my favorite
0: um you know i liked i liked speedy but the freshman and safety last are two of my favorite silent movies that i watched over the last few years yeah. um mm-hmm. you know i harold lloyd doesn't quite have like the library that the other two right. have but, I you agree know with that. Of, of great i think you know probably like in terms of depth of great movies charlie chaplin might have the more depth um yeah and yeah I, I it's really hard for me to like say which which i like especially like buster keaton was one i was the least familiar with and now i've watched you know a bunch of buster keaton movies and i just watched steamboat bill jr last night and yeah. you know the physicality that he shows on that where he's this like slight small guy uh um,
1: yeah you know like just, what it's he's just able really to impressive do, what they're able to do what he's able to do with his body is just incredible it's like mm-hmm. impressive yeah i i uh, really love all three of them um so, like on on that note, like what 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 is your what what are your favorite couple of Chaplin films? If we're gonna talk about yeah, it's good we haven't to even talked Chaplin. about that.
0: Um, so I think Gold Rush is my number one.
1: Okay, I've I've watched
0: uh, I mean I don't I don't know how many you know maybe watched like six or seven of his right. um yeah uh, Modern Times and City Lights. I liked both of those. Um, but I just not mm-hmm. Gold Rush like top to bottom. The scene that they show in this movie where they have the shack and the and the bear and, the, you yep. know, the big burly man. And they're like, that scene is yeah, so yeah. good in The Gold Rush. And, I mean, I know I forgot that it was the the bread rolls was from that movie. But that is just like yep. – that's the iconic Charlie Chaplin scene. Um, yep. so the Gold Rush is 25. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the – that was like his first big uh, – not his first big breakup, but like one of the first big ones that we see in this movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the kid or the great dictator though. Um Those are probably major blind spots. I would say. So. Uh,
1: yeah. I would say the kid is a bigger, major blind spot for you. And the one that I most wanted to revisit at the end of this movie, and probably because that's what the movie chose to end with was the scene from the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I freaking love the kid. It's the first chapel movie I ever saw. Because I was taking a Charlie Chaplin film in college, and we watched a whole bunch of them. And we went chronologically, so the kid was the first one we watched. And we ended with, uh, I think we, the last one we watched was Limelight, um, ah, which was also really, good. That really might be good. coming up later, yeah. Um, is Limelight but, silent yeah.
0: or is Limelight, sim, lim, lim, Limelight is a uh, sound picture, right? I believe it's still a silent picture, yeah.
1: yeah. I, never, I
0: don't remember because
1: it's been that long since I've seen no, sound it. sound but... picture is what I said, not silent picture. I think it, I think it's a sound picture, but I'm not sure. I don't. Know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I really love the kid, um, and I would probably say City Lights second. Um, I I remember having a really good time watching City Lights, and just um, yeah, the the, the interplay between him and the female love interest that is really really palpable and really really sweet as well. Like mm-hmm. it's really really cute and endearing. Um, yeah, I really love City Lights, but I think the kid is my favorite one.
0: Yeah. I think the, the themes one in mistaken. modern times as well. Um, I mean, obviously that that was For touched sure. on in this movie, but I do think that those themes um were pretty interesting and like really ahead of its time. So especially when you see like an you know, the automated machines at the beginning taking the workers' yeah. jobs and it's like, oh, it's like not that dissimilar yeah. from a hundred years later. Um well, not yep. quite a hundred years later. Um the other thing, and this might be my one last thing because I don't have anything else, um, but did you happen to check out the
1: other actors who were in consideration to play Charlie Chaplin in this movie? Uh, I did not. I didn't scroll that far down. Uh, you tell me. All right. Um, now I'll so, tell you whether or not I think it works. Yeah.
0: Um, obviously, we both thought that Robert Downey Jr. did a really good job. Yeah, I think he did a great All job. Right. So studio executives wanted Robin Williams or Billy Crystal for the role? Huh. Williams, I could see maybe – um, I could see what, Billy, Billy Crystal Preston... more than more mm. than Rob Williams, to be honest. Eh, not really I, for me. I, I think like Billy Crystal would look has the Charlie Chaplin look more than uh, Rob Williams. I don't think he really could pull
1: like off the the look with the hat and the hair and makeup and all that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. the mustache. Like I don't mm-hmm. think it works with Billy yeah. Crystal. Um, all
0: right, so the next one I think is is actually probably what I would have not better than than Robert Downey
1: Jr., but I think would have been really good. Jim Carrey. This would have been Jim Carrey's big break because I mean this was pre- and living color Jim Carrey, right? I know 19- uh, he was in, in Living Color
0: in nineteen ninety. It says, but he was not. Um, I mean, I don't think I don't know movie wise. Because
1: Ace Ventura was his first big movie, right? When yeah, was that was that? like ninety four. That was ninety. 90- okay, so this 94. would have been a pre- this would have been his big break. Yeah. Um, yep. I can definitely see it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he sort of does his own. This is why come up in Connections. It's, he sort of does his own chaplain in, in um, Man yeah. on the Moon.
2: Yeah, you no, know? that's, that's with true. Andy yep.
1: Co- with Andy Kaufman. He mm-hmm. does his own version of that, you know. Um, yep. So it's, he gets there eventually. So, I mean, great for Jim Carrey. And I mean, I love Man on the Moon. Um, but yeah, I I would not take this away from Robert Downey Jr. I think this is a really strong performance for him. Yeah. Um, all right, then the
0: last one, Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> no, no i can't okay. see that at all no uh, no yeah this is the same year as tom cruise being in uh, all the president or uh a few good men a few good oh, men yeah no not happening so uh how soon after this he was Charlie Kirk, uh but robert Downey jr was in uh rehab and had had some mm-hmm. substance abuse issues that was a little yes. while after this though right that wasn't that that soon after this um
1: uh yeah he he went into rehab in the mid-90s um yeah. yeah. Uh, so it so says so it started back. in
0: 1996. He was arrested yeah. numerous times on charges related to cocaine, heroin, and marijuana. So, um, so he still has a couple more years. But yeah, the cocaine uh, bit is the part I Kind of <laughs> crazy that this, you know, that the guy who plays Charlie Chaplin ends up
1: being in all of these movies
0: as Iron Man is Tony Stark.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that was sort of his comeback. I mean, if you if you recall, yeah, I oh, mean, for sure. He was a he was a. You know, no name has been when he got cast as Iron Man. I mean, mm-hmm. he'd only been in a couple of things that made, you know, any money between 96 and 2008 when Iron Man came out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had like a 10 to 12 year drought.
2: Yeah. So.
1: All right. Well, shall we get to uh, listener yeah, feedback?
0: Yeah, why not? All right. Let's see what we got from the listeners. Kick things off with Jeff. Jeff says, I typically like biographies and true stories, so I was excited to watch this movie. Unfortunately, not a good movie. Overall, it was very sad, but the story moved so slowly it was hard to give my full attention. thought Robert Downey Jr. was pretty solid as Charlie. Anthony Hopkins' character was a waste of talent. We do agree on that. I agree with that, yeah. Uh, And he's surprised that he did this movie, that Anthony Hopkins Mm. did this movie. Uh, Pretty much anyone could have played that role. Overall, I didn't enjoy this one. 1.5 stars. Yeah,
1: I I actually agree with the last bit. I would have given this to any other actor. Besides
2: Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I'm sure they
1: just, like, it adds a level of prestige,
2: right? It's Uh, a
1: level of prestige. They wanted a name. I mean, this is sort of an Oscar-bait movie, so you want Oscar-baity actors in it, you know, so. It was a very different role than, he was just in Silence of the Lambs
0: right before this as well. Right. Um, And it is the same year as we
1: talked about as Howard's End.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I feel like Jeff's comment that it was a sad movie, like, I, obviously that's the point of this movie, is that it's, like, this right. guy, this super fun comedic actor, was not all, like, sunshines and rainbows, and there were tough times in his life. But I don't, I mean, that's a true story. I don't know how you would tell this story without it being sad.
1: Right. And exactly. I do think, like, Especially the, the, because of what happened to him. I mean, you can't, yeah. You can't like, gloss over the fact that he was excommunicated from Hollywood during, you know, the the McCarthy hearings. Like, you can't. Yeah. You know.
0: And I do think, like the length of this movie really adds to when he has that moment at the end where he's yeah. watching the the clips, and then he's and he's just bawling his eyes out, standing on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should thought that was really powerful because it's him reflecting back on his whole life. and, you know, these times where he, from, you know, fifty years prior when he's making these movies and and just like that the crowd is yeah. still fifty years later, the crowd is still cracking up at these moments. Exactly. And these are timeless moments that before, the before the television was invented or before like movies were invented he could have been doing this stuff on stage and it's lost forever after he does it and these moments are captured for eternity that 100 years later we're watching city lights and we're watching gold rush 100
1: years after charlie made these movies yeah Um,
2: i agree and
1: it's like it's a nice yeah 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 it's a nice it's a nice tribute to like the way that performers from that age now are remembered as well like people from the golden age of hollywood like there are very few that are remembered to the extent that charlie chaplin is right where they would get a tribute to their entire careers instead of just like a clip from a single movie like when you think about errol flynn all like the only clip you're going to get in an academy award thing for errol flynn is a clip from robin hood Mm -hmm. like but his whole he had a whole extensive 100 movie career that wasn't robin hood you know i was actually thinking about
0: that with the max senate stuff where we have max senate in the character played by david to uh raleigh uh where you know max senate is saying we crank these movies out we we, you know we make two movies a week
2: here 181
0: film right and it's like i mean yes there's and even charlie chaplin's filmography right like how many charlie chaplin movies have we seen you know Combined, maybe ten out of there's yeah. probably 500 movies.
2: three
1: yeah, percent.
0: I have three percent of his filmography right. on. Exactly. Letter yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> um, so and I do think like that that you know the way that film was able to capture things permanently. I think that that actually like there's a couple times where there's televisions and in this and there's there's people watching things on screen like when he when he's sitting backstage and the Oscars are going on and you can see Walter Matthau through the TV, and yeah. I thought that was like an interesting commentary on just like how much more accessible the TV like was in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like, and now we're, you know, 50 years beyond that. We're like as far mm-hmm. away from that moment in the Oscars as, we are. as the Oscars were from the moments that they were honoring from Charlie Chaplin. And, and so yeah. I thought, th- I thought it was like interesting to see just like the way that, the way that we consume things sc- through screens, whether that was meant in 1982 or not. Um, mm-hmm. it's something that, that hits a little bit, you know, more now, um, you know, watch this in 2022. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're we're just as far from that as he was then. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think I, I often
0: think like, like yeah. too how crazy it is that you know we now have like the hundred year anniversary of like certain silent films, but mm-hmm. every year, you know, in 19 or in 2030, we're going to be hitting the the hundred years of like we're going to be getting to the hundred years toffees. of Citizen Of yeah. like not that far, and it's going to be we're going to be celebrating yeah. these hundred year anniversaries of these movies yeah. not that far in the future, which is just like a crazy thing to think about um for sure so
1: okay. all right, right. What we why don't next? we move on to what megan the librarian said megan the librarian said rdj did a fantastic job imitating chaplin's physical comedy and the movie shines in its early moments when we see him doing just that unfortunately in the second half the film starts relying on actual clips of chaplin and starts to feel rather pointless why would i watch this when i could just go watch the real thing instead this role also seems like a real waste of Anthony Hopkins. All right. Still, overall, Chaplin is a decent biopic, and even though I complained about its over reliance on Chaplin clips, I really enjoyed watching it. Three and a half out of five. Yeah, I think that I would agree with that. I like. It did bother me when it switched from Robert Downey Jr. to the actual Chaplin, to for some of the stuff because it was like well, I want to see Robert Downey Jr. trying to do this. But at the same time, like, I get why they would need to do that because maybe maybe they even tried and there was, like, no way for them to replicate it. Um, so. I'm really glad that they did that. It, it would have yeah. felt so weird. I mean,
0: like, I know there's, a, there's, like, a little bit of, like, a... It's a little bit of a disconnect that you're watching mm. Robert Downey Jr. and then on screen he's watching Charlie Chaplin and it's the actual Charlie Chaplin. But I thought that was a good way to honor, like... We're seeing Robert Downey Jr. playing Charlie Chaplin, but when we're seeing these actual moments on screen, I much would prefer that it be actual Charlie Chaplin clips. It didn't bother me. Right. I actually, like, got kind of like, you know, Leo pointing at the screen, Jeff, when they would show right, a right. moment. And I was like, oh, I saw that movie. You know, I saw that movie, even if, like, <laughs> clearly I can't always remember which movie the clips came from. But, like, it, it is fun to see those classic moments. And it was – I like that in this movie. Um mm. You know, and especially that last scene where we're seeing the clips, and maybe it'd be better if we're not seeing any clips until the final scene, and then we're seeing the actual Charlie Chaplin clips. Almost like a lot of times when you see these biopics, and then they show the real life pictures of people next to the actors playing them. Maybe it'd be like a little bit more like that. Um, but I like any time that we're seeing Charlie Chaplin on screen, we are seeing Charlie Chaplin, and anytime we're seeing him not on screen, we're seeing Robert Downey Jr.
2: Yeah. So.
0: All right. Uh, Stefan says overall a good movie, but it does suffer at times from Kyleman biopic problems, trying to mm-hmm. cram a lifetime into two hours. So the pace is a bit scattered. Uh, the movie would have been better if it focused on one thing, Charlie's crazy love life, his mm-hmm. growth from property to wealth, and then the rejection by the working class, his politics, or as he says near the end of his struggle as a clown telling a story, mm-hmm. each on their own would have been great, but Attenborough tries to jam them all in. Robert Johnny Jr., Paul Paul Rice, uh, Kevin Klein all are fantastic with the short amount of time each one has the various love interests all leave a distinct impression the ending mm-hmm. was particularly well done P.S. Robert Downey Jr. young Robert Downey Jr. looks like a young Tony Curtis in Spartacus but old Robert Downey Jr. makeup looks like a thumb uh, <laughs> that's four out of five stars uh, I can see how you would say he looked like a thumb I actually thought that yeah, the I, old I, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. makeup was, was not bad uh, I but was it expecting
1: to be worse but it wasn't it great yeah, it was not awful though. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, there was another movie that came out around that time where it was a very young actor in very bad old man makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of similar. It came out around that time. Um, but yeah, it, it could definitely it's, it could definitely be worse. They they did a very light touch with the old makeup in this, I think. Yeah, I thought yeah. the only thing that was weird was like the 1960s
0: Charlie Chaplin versus the 1970s Charlie Chaplin. Like, yeah. Looked very close, but like just slightly different, which I guess is what you would have right. if with a ten year difference. Right. Um, and I, I'm just not used to Charlie Chaplin looking like that, so like I don't right. even know if that's what he looked. I mean, I'm sure that's what he, like close to what he looked
1: at the time, but um, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I, I, I'm glad that they did that and not like had an
1: older actor play him or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm glad it was they used Robert All right. Uh Jim writes in and it says Chaplin is a movie that feels a bit older than its mm-hmm. time. The cinematography and framing device felt more out of the 70s than out of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was fine as Charlie Chaplin, but the performance didn't seem worthy of an Oscar nomination. It seems like another example of the Academy loving films about making movies. The film made me want to watch a Charlie Chaplin movie or read a biography of him more than ever actually watch Chaplin again. Three out of five MVP, the real Charlie Chaplin. Wow um yeah i I think I agree that, like you know they, that Downey Jr definitely got nominated to a degree because he was playing a movie star. Mm-hmm. but I also think that he doesn't remember really John playing that movie star um but i I do wish that there was more um time to stop down for some character moments with the character rather than i i it's a very it, it is a very broad brush di movie, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely like kind of follows those
0: same like beats. Um, If you did want to read the book that this is based on, it's based on a book called My Autobiography uh, written by Charlie Chaplin. So if you're looking for something to read, I'm sure that's really interesting. Um, You know, and I do think it's, you know, again, like we had Charlie Chaplin's daughter involved in the production of this movie. She plays Mm -hmm. one of the cast members. So, you know,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, they're not going to. I mean, like there might have been more bad stuff they could point They could paint about Charlie Chaplin, but like it's probably gonna be a little Mm -hmm. bit. Uh, a little bit influenced by that and because richard attenborough loves charlie chaplin so much as well yeah for so, sure um all right i have to get back to the document all right you gave me the long one huh i was warned that this was going to be a long this would be a long email uh so olin, right, olin rounds us off and he says firstly on chaplin himself i love his politics and the politicization of his films uh, he is probably one of the greatest all around film creators of all time in America as producer, director, actor, writer, choreographer, scorer, and songwriter, etc. Gets great performance out of his co stars, able to draw people in emotionally. This is just one problem. Uh, there is just one problem I have with his films. I have never found them at all funny, particularly the silence. Anyways, now that I know I won't find him funny, I can just enjoy his films as message movies as they are well shot and choreographed. So, you know, in future, what my interpretation of Chaplin ask is. As for this film, Decent Cradle to Grave, uh I do get the sense of how his early experiences shaped his outlook and work. However, I think given my prior knowledge and extreme nature of some events and stories in his life, I may have preferred a film with a strong focus on one aspect and period of his on off screen life. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was excellent. Not sure if he was worthy of the Oscar with stern competition, but certainly miles better than Al Pacino and Scent of a Woman. It's tying back to a uh, previous movie or previous actor that we talked about. Uh, bad accent alert for Moira Kelly's Irish accent early on. <laughs> uh, hero of the movie, Kevin Klein, perfectly cast as Douglas Fairbra- Fairbanks who brought uh, okay. immense vim and vigor to the screen. Really sparkled. I agree. Uh, like Douglas did himself. Helped bring some laughter and smiles to me during a tiff. Typically a cloying, sentimental, Chaplin-esque film. Uh, one more thing. There's one last thing. Great to see English TV star John Thaw as Chaplin's theater manager. So, uh, or, yeah.
2: Yep. So uh, 3.5 from
1: five out of Olin. Or from yeah, Olin. there we go. Three and a half. All right.
2: And
1: that is going to average us out to a listener average of 3.1. Uh, Zach, why don't you go first? With one thing
0: on Olin's email that I do think like – I mean, I, I think yes. like it's, it's really hard like for these movies to hold up the humor – like just because yeah, humor is so – it's so time – I feel like it's so, so, so much tied to the time that you're watching it.
1: And it's, it's subjective. Yeah, humor yeah, is it's subjective, subjective
0: and – And like I think like the – you know, like it's more when I watch these it's like the slapstick is, you know, just right. – Like it, it, it's, it's a different type of humor than if I'm watching like something that's actually making me laugh. Um, right, exactly. But I, I was thinking I was watching this movie how there was not much humor in this movie even though we're watching a movie right. about a comedian. And I right. – Besides that silent movie scene, I wonder if this movie could have benefited from a little bit of, like, levity and humor just going on in the actual story itself.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem with biopics like this is that a lot of the supporting characters that are there for, quote-unquote, comedic relief are really just there for more, like, whimsy because Mm -hmm. that's the type of comedy that was being done in that era. So they're not, like, ha-ha joke funny, like funny ha but they're but they're there to be fun not funny like yeah. douglas faradax is there to be fun and whimsical but not funny you know what i mean yeah i do think dan akroyd yeah, like was different,
0: funny. yeah um, true yeah maybe we'll watch more dan Aykroyd next week um and all right will. yeah great cast in this movie um i yeah, will just say it, like it, I, it, I, I when i was watching the opening credits hey, i love that this movie starts with TriStar, which just makes me feel like i'm watching a movie on vhs um right, that, right, like tristar right. like the horse jumping through the tristar logo just takes me back to an earlier period of my life um yeah I, i'm with uh most of the other people who said three and a half i think that's probably where i land um and i yeah i thought like i think this is like a perfectly good biopic i think it's a biopic look like, i wish more people would watch um because mm. i think like most people do not know the story of our charlie chaplin they just kind of know the little tramp character um probably right. haven't even seen many of his movies so i think like this is a like, this is one that should be referenced when people talk about, like, good biopics. Like It's just like a, a yep. solid, solid way to spend two and a half hours to learn about an actor who you might not know much about, learn the history of Hollywood. Um, I think maybe as an on-ramp for other people, they could probably do a better job of identifying the movie. So that you walk out of this yeah. movie and you say, oh, I really want to go and watch Gold Rush or I want to go. And you don't just have to look at Charlie Chaplin's 500 movie filmography and figure out what movies you want to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Even early on in the movie when he's, like, at that he's at that uh like nickelodeon or whatever that would be called where he's watching the film strip and he just watches it over and over and over again i was trying to figure out what movie that was because i was like well it'd be kind of fun to do that next week maybe and i couldn't i did some research i couldn't find it so i don't know just be a nice way if they could identify a little bit more clearly what some of the movies were um Mm -hmm. but yeah overall like yeah it's got some narrative flaws i think it's you know got just the same type of flaws as a lot of other biopics um that's okay you don't have to reinvent the wheel sometimes you can just make a good movie i thought this was a good movie. Three and a half.
1: There you go. Very astute reasoning. Very well stated. Very well thought out. Um, nice. I am going to agree with you. Um, I came in thinking this was a better than like average biopic, but not a great biopic. Like it's it's. I think it's a perfect example of a three point five biopic where it does just enough with some of the cinematography and performances and the way it uses the camera in the and the speeding up of the filming for the Utah sequence. Like it does enough like special little things to make it better than you know, the the the, 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 the terrible biopic or the average mm-hmm. biopic. It's it's a very good biopic, especially it's one of the movies from the 80s and 90s that sets the template for what biopics were going to become from the mid-90s to the 2000s. So it sort of sets that template, so you can't knock it for having a template that it itself sort of created, you know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So, But yeah, it's a perfect 3.5. I agree. I actually Um, compare this movie a lot to Bohemian
0: Rhapsody, where... I like. I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody when I saw it, and the, a lot of what I liked about it was that I love Queen music. So it was like, oh yeah, great, right, like right, we're right. watching a Queen concert at the end of the movie. Right, we're, we're watching you're, them like you're watching a Char- you're watching a bunch of Charlie Chaplin movies. Right. So And I know, yeah, eggs. exactly. And you're watching Charlie Chaplin clips. And I also think like this movie benefits from where Robert Downey Jr.'s career goes. I agree. If Robert Downey Jr.'s career flames out after his rehab, his rehab and his, his drug yeah. issues, and he never does become Iron Man and kind of has this second half of his career that's so much bigger than his first half of his career, um, you know, you're probably watching like you know some of the characters, you know, some of the other actors in this movie who didn't have these long careers, like yeah. Noelle Jovovich, for example. Um, well, some, she did he, that
1: to herself on the set of Days to confuse this same year. I mean, oh really? She, she ruined her own career on the set of Days to Confused when she ran off from the film oh. and got married to her co-star, uh, what was his name? Sean something. No, I didn't realize anyway, that she did that. I don't really we're know not, We're like, not doing Days Confused next week, but we could.
0: Um, um, Sean Andrews. Yeah, no, I'm just like some of the 90s stars that are in this movie, right, that, like, just didn't end up having, um, bigger careers. Like, some of the, some of the women in this, um, I thought it was interesting. Um, uh, also, it's, well, I guess, yeah, I'll wait, um, I'll wait till we get to suggestions, so. All right, yeah, so that's a um, 3.5 ahead.
1: from you, 3.5 from me. 3.1 from the listeners. We're going to be a 3.36, which will be a 3.5 for Letterboxd. All right. Um, yep. Yeah, so. perfectly perfectly reasonable biopic movie. Um, yeah. In fact, I'd say there's some things that you could say you really loved about this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, I mean, I would, like, if there were people who liked movies who hadn't seen this movie, I would yeah. recommend
0: this to them. I think like, even no, if yeah. it's
1: not the best, like, like I told my brother. Especially watch, if you like, like movies about movies, not even necessarily right. biopics, but if you like movies about how movies get made, like this is a good movie mm-hmm. about movies. Yeah. You know? And like you said, a time period, yeah, it's not a movie about
0: the 1960s or 1970s. Right. It's not, uh, as I'm reading Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the book right now, I'm like, it's not that yep. a time period. So. Yep. We could All go right. back
1: to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but we won't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, Brennan, who is your hero of the movie? Uh, for me, it's the uh, it's everything surrounding the editing of the kid in Salt Lake City. It's the Salt Lake City. Ah, yes, scene. yeah, Salt Lake City, scene. Salt Lake City slickers.
0: Uh, all right, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to steal gems, but I do think like this movie is great because of Charlie Chaplin, right? Yeah. Like it's the same thing I was just talking about with Bohemian like Rhapsody. Yeah, so I think Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin is the is the hero of the movie. I think like yeah, I think uh, Rob Jr. does a great job, especially the physicality, but like. Yeah, you know, he he brings somebody to life that already was to life. So um, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. This was Bohemian Rhapsody. I would have said the Queen music. So same thing. All right. Um. So now we have our connections to last week. So I do have a good yep. title connection. Uh, I told you this earlier.
2: Yeah,
0: um, I, I had one too. Um. You go first since you came up with yours first. But right. I so my uh, mine was a conversation with Anthony Hopkins because in both movies we're having. Mine a was similar. Set. It was going to be as Anthony Hopkins weaves a narrative. Yeah. Okay. So I think a conversation that's uh, a little bit more concise. A conversation with Anthony Hopkins. Um, what other? I don't have a ton of connections written down overall, but did you have any other connections to fracture from last week? <laughs> Connecting we talk, Chaplin to fracture.
1: Uh, we didn't even talk about the courtroom scene. Ah, true. With, yes. With uh, James Woods. Fucking James um, Woods. Yeah. And the paternity case. Um, yeah. So uh, Charlie Chaplin gets sued for paternity of a baby that may or may not be his. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken to court. Uh, the prosecutor is James Woods. There's a whole thing. So we've done a bunch of courtroom movies this year. It connects to all of them. yep no. Um, oh. That's including, a, including fracture. Yep. Including fracture.
0: Um, what else you got? Um, so I, I said the movie starts with the process of somebody at their job, right? Like the right. like fracture started with yeah. Anthony Hopkins's character leaving his job and His like engineering, engineering. Yeah. like in the meticulousness of his engineering job, and we start with the meticulousness mm-hmm. of Charlie Chaplin removing his makeup um,
1: and um and of course there's lots
0: of people looking in
1: mirrors in this in both movies oh yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. um and lots like of reflections of mirrors. themselves
0: yeah. yeah just reflections of themselves in general yeah. like seeing themselves on tv um yeah.
1: and then as
0: uh as olin pointed out the, the bad accent of moira kelly um yeah you you know, i didn't notice it as much as he did i'm sure but um did talk but, you about know we do accents, get robert engineer jr doing the british accent wasn't
1: bad though um that wasn't too bad that yeah um what about connections to other movies from this year um, like I said, courtroom scenes, um, let's see, what else? I've got a sick family member, Charlie's mother, um, uh, yep. mental illness. uh, traveling, traveling from England to America. We had, uh, across yep. the universe. Yep, traveling across the, across across, um, the yeah, traveling across the
0: the Atlantic. Um, the narrative, the narrative structure of having an older person reflect back on their life. Big, that's notebook,
1: obviously... big notebook energy yeah, to the, the beginning and end of this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah the notebook.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Um.
1: Had that written down as a connection. Yeah. Big, lots of the notebook, um. Boop, 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 yeah i think that's i mean just movies about big per, ones. movies about performers you know we had the two
0: the two Beatles yep. movies i mean they, they i guess the Beatles were well john lennon existed in yesterday um yep so you know like a, it's a it's a famous performer yep
1: there you
2: go so. right. right what
1: about movie map um i had a hard time with this uh the only thing i could really come up with for movie map was um I don't even know if that's good. Do you want me to tell you mine? Will that help you? Um so my yeah, connection... catch. Why don't you go ahead? I thought about damned united because it was about an Englishman. It's an autobiography of an Englishman. Yeah I think you're gonna s so. i think you're gonna slap yourself.
0: Uh especially as we're talking about slapstick. Catch um, me if you can. And talking about nope, you nope, know, you're getting warmer though. Uh who framed uh, Roger yeah. Rabbit.
2: Oh uh, in terms Hollywood. Of, yeah, yep. Classic Hollywood. Yeah uh,
0: classic Hollywood movie star the slapstick comedy the movies, yep. Yeah, yep, so yep, yep, I right. think that I think *Who Framed Roger Rabbit* is probably movies good. about movies, right? Yep. And just like the way that it um yep, it ties yep. in kind of different types of you know like we have silent and talkies, we have cartoons like the cartoons that are being replaced in that movie yep. uh you know kind of I think we we talked about how that was sort of like the silent era. Um, yep,
1: definitely.
0: So yeah. Um,
1: good job. Fr- that, yeah, that people are talking a lot sense. about *Who
0: Framed Roger Rabbit* right now because of the new *Chip and oh, Dale*. Oh yeah. Yep.
1: So, um, that was going to be my uh, best thing I watch this week if I didn't go see Taco Maverick. Oh, nice. Just um, so I could talk about any context of Roger Rabbit. Um, and other movies that this came up from. Um,
0: yes. So I, uh, so the first one is Memento. Um, okay. And this was suggested by you. I don't think this was correct. I think if we would have picked this, we would have been like, wait a second, what? Because uh, you said movies that use black and white in color. This one didn't really use black and white in color.
2: Yeah, it did. Uh, I see, mean. It's not... black
1: and white a lot did it oh yeah i guess okay yeah all right yeah okay. it yeah, even no. starts okay. with him in black and white and then he erases the black and white from its face right yeah th- I, was thinking about that I was trying to think if that happens any other time in the movie all right
0: no, yeah. the other time it came up uh episode number 44 that is the girl i'm assuming your okay. connection there yeah. this is your suggestion again off of this one. movies about movies yeah movies yeah. about movies so yep. that was the only that was the only two times when it came nice. up so
1: uh all right what do you got you got one last thing um i just want to correct um so while you were reading oh let's geek back i i double checked my notes and um so united artists is currently a part of mgm not of uh warner so, so i want to make sure i correct the record on that partly a
0: part of amazon uh, yeah. then right
1: because amazon yep. owns mgm Yep. Um, which is which honestly uh if charlie chaplin knew that the united artists was owned by a true consumer, he'd be going yeah, over by, his em- by amazon yeah like he created United Artists to get out of the studio system and now he's part of, like, the biggest studio system conglomerate in the world. Why wasn't um, this movie made by United Artists? Uh, because they're an independent film company. Yeah, but this, I feel fun.
0: like it – This was, like, a big time – Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I don't really have much one last thing. Um, yeah. But I will just say that uh, Charlie Chaplin Travels to Sweden – and uh, I did just want to call out that we did have an email from Stefan, who's also in Sweden. Oh, good point. We, always, we, talk about I- we always talk about Ireland and Canada as our international listeners, yeah. but uh, Stefan also in Sweden. So another international yeah, listener. I think we have more international than we might have. Uh, well, probably not. Exactly I always anymore, forget but...
1: where Stefan is, and that's why I never bring it
0: up. Yeah. So uh, Sweden. Unless he corrects me. So. All right. It's uh, Switzerland, w- you asshole. I know,
1: right. Yeah, or, or Finland. <laughs> <maybe>. um, <laughs> Finland, what are you talking
2: about? Yeah. Um, right,
0: right. All right, so that gives our average 3.36, 3.5 stars from Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, pretty much most people in alignment are in this about a 3.5 star movie. Yes. So uh, let's see, we're going to be watching next week or to pick our ladder rung suggestions based on movies Fantastic. that connect somehow to Chaplin. Once we do pick that, sending your feedback at laddermovie and the movie ladder at gmail.com. So we've got, starting things off, we've got Jeff. Uh, Jeff said he likes mm-hmm. biography movies, biopics, so he suggested a bunch of biopics. Uh, first nice. one is the King's Speech. Yeah, I think that probably takes place around the same time period as this actually uh, early 1900, right? Yeah, leading up yeah. to World War One or yeah. World War Two. II. I mean, yeah. uh, Raging Bull, mm-hmm. not around the same period, uh, but you know, black and white. There's, there's some narrative stuff with Raging Bull. Actually, that would be yep. interesting. There is. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, beautiful device. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful mind. Um, yep. And then uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. So. Uh, Jeff didn't like this movie because it was sadly He wants us to watch Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Okay. Uh, watch people get murdered. All right. Yes. Sounds great. All right. Yes. All right, right. All right. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Back the for and Bonnie and Clyde. They don't make it. Yeah. They, <laughs> Bonnie and Bonnie and died. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, all right.
0: Back in the library. It has Wonder Boys. Yeah. In Chaplin, Robert Downey Jr. plays a writer working as, with an editor in Wonder Boy. Well, maybe it's an editor. Maybe it's like a drunk up editor. In Wonder Boys, he plays an editor working with a writer. Oh, there we go. Uh, the Aviator, a biopic set in and around Hollywood during the same period as Chaplin. Ooh, yep. nice.
1: Nice pull. I didn't think about it's that one.
0: Definitely on my list. Oh. Uh, another one Mega on Bob my list.
1: knows I love The Aviator. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, another one on my list, Singing in the Rain, a great movie mm-hmm. about the transition from silent to sound. Yep, that was yep. on my list. And another one on my list The Great Dictator. I'd yep. be happy to watch any of the major Chaplin films, but according to Letterboxd, Zach, Kyle, Av, and even Olin haven't seen this one. Whoa! Oh. Uh, yes. Great Dictator was the one after coming out of this video, I was like, I really yes. should watch The Great Dictator because I've never seen it. All right, Stefan uh, picked three biopics himself. He picked Into the Wild, Milk, which would, would be fitting to do milk during Pride Month, and yep. uh, The Imitation Game with uh, yep. Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game. All right. And then Jim Crumley has Trumbo from 2017. Another one word title about a Hollywood icon that got mixed up during the Red Scare. Diane Lane and Joseph McCarthy are both credited in uh, in both Chaplin and Trumbo. Joseph McCarthy is I guess he I guess he does have that one that one archival footage. Um, And uh, Jim said Trumbo would be nice to watch. while Better
1: Call Saul is on a break. It's on the list. Better Call Trumbo. Yeah, Trumbo has been on my Letterboxd watch list from nearly the beginning of it. Since it came out, all
2: right.
1: Yeah, it's Uh, been been a long time. All right, Olin has Stan and Ollie,
0: John C. Riley, and pretty, pretty, pretty good legend Steve Coogan play a great comedic duo of the silent era, uh, silent and early talky era. Uh, Stan, of course, made a brief appearance played by Matthew Cottle as Chaplin's understudy on the tour stateside.
1: Did not even
0: pick one. Uh,
1: Yeah, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, and then Sunset Boulevard, uh, film about a silent star, uh, Nina, Nina Nirna Des- Desmond, no, Norman, Norman Desmond. Desmond, okay, thank you. Struggling yep. to adapt to the post silent era, her name is an amalgam of Mabel Nomadland, Nomad, <laughs> Nomad, Jesus, it's terrible, and her husband, William Desmond Taylor. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. Uh, Mabel Nomad, I think, was it Mabel was in Man. Chaplin, right? Yep.
1: yep, all right,
0: and then, uh, All in also with Megan the Librarian, Singing in the Rain, silent film stars making the transition from silence to talkies, has one of the great choreographed and performed laugh-inducing scenes by Donald O'Connor. Bonus recommendation, the Buster Keaton story, where on David O'Connor, he portrays one of the other and, for me, immensely funnier silent film comedians. This is vastly different in tone and structure. It is very liberal with the truth and timelines. Right. That's what we got from listeners great um, who, gets, who goes first me or you? i get to go first good because that, that yeah, allows me to re a
2: lot of uh, adjust a lot of mine
1: were taken off um and a couple of things i added as we were talking uh yep, i did today too. Yep. um so something that hasn't come up that i think is a really two really big ones that haven't come up one oscar nominated one not um both around that set around the same time period uh i'm surprised jay edgar didn't come up the Leonardo DiCaprio, J. Edgar Hoover biopic. Uh-huh. Um, that feels like a good connection to this, as well as the uh, Oscar winning film about a silent film star called The Artist. Yep, that was on my
0: list. Yep. I, I, so uh, and, my, my concern with J. Edgar, and I don't yes. know, but it doesn't, like if it's a glowing, like J. Edgar was this great person, but he had some flaws versus like, Seems like Jagger was like a real piece of shit, actually. Right, uh, right, right, Like, that was why I, like, didn't put it on my list. Because I was like, I don't want to watch out a love story or a love letter know. to
2: J. Edgar. Yeah.
1: Right. yeah, I don't know. And that's the problem, is I don't know. But I had to put it on there because it felt necessary. Uh-huh. But if we don't want to go the J. Edgar route, we can go with another route in the um, McCarthyism side of things in the George Clooney, Edward R. Murrow biopic, Good Night and Good Luck. Um... And then we could also go with another classic Hollywood movie about movies, the Coen Brothers, Barton Fink. Mm. Uh, And then the final one that came to me, and I almost took this off, um, but I decided at the last second to put it back on. um, There's just so much like anti Nazism and using movies to tell a story with the great dictator. dictator a movie with like pro-nazism is that what you're going for well I, 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 it reminded me of uh inglorious bastards ah. and so i on my final film is inglorious bastards
0: Uh ah, nice that would fit in so, well with
1: the book i'm reading right now Yep, yeah, it would it would so let's see one that's five right so there we go okay that's your five. five cool uh j uh, the artist good night and good luck Barton Fink and Inglorious Bastards and I have a lot of also rants. yeah I know I have a lot too uh all right so I will go um
0: on my list it's kind of hard to pick but I'm gonna put Limelight on there uh because I've never seen Limelight um and I'm assuming it's a sort of self-referential Limelight of Charlie Chaplin's career I know Buster Keaton is also in it in a supporting Mm -hmm. role um and I just think it could be like an interesting look Charlie Chaplin especially Mm -hmm. like we see something he actually made versus something that was made about him uh I thought Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers would be fun. We got Dan Aykroyd in a story about performers. Um, you know, uh, that one's more music focused, and I guess the silent movies are music focused, uh, just not lyric focused. Yep. Uh, speaking of music focused and biopics, I have Amadeus on there. Uh, I nice. thought Amadeus could be fun, or I don't know about fun, but it's one that, that's one that's been on my <laughs> watch list forever. A uh, movie that's come up a bunch of times. I'm going to keep suggesting it though. Uh, Kevin Dunn, who plays J. Edgar, is also in this movie. That's Nixon. Uh, so yep. Anthony Hopkins again and Kevin Dunn in Nixon biopic. Yep. And one more. Um, I have so many to choose from. Um, remind me, Brendan, have you seen Unforgiven? I never can remember.
1: Yes, I watched okay. it last year From my movie okay. right, finally got around to it. Uh, I was on a string of Westerns and finally got around uh, It uh,
0: is summer blockbuster movie season.
1: Yeah.
0: And the movie I always think of when I think of Mila Jovich – is the fifth element. So Oh, I
1: thought you were gonna say when I always think of Richard Attenborough and you were gonna do uh Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Art. I just watched, watched the entire episode. series. I, I just I <laughs> just watched
0: the whole series. Not doing so. it again. Uh no, there's there's other ones, but uh yeah. Um no. That that's it's not the Fifth element but. is
1: your final? Okay
0: uh yeah i i think that's my final but I can, i'm gonna cool. go through all my uh honorable mentions because i have yeah, way cool. more yeah so i put fiddler on the roof on there um because yeah. that was nominated the year that charlie chaplin got the oscar um also again like a uh, you know performers on stage um a uh, new movie that just came out we just talked about it Chippendale rescue rangers the new one because yeah. you know the, the, i think it's about like performers who lose their jobs movies uh, about movies yep. yeah movies about movies uh there's a documentary on my watch list called the great buster a celebration it's a documentary all about buster keaton yeah uh, so thought about that uh futile and stupid gesture it's about the it's yep. biopic about the national Lampoons, but i think it's more about the writers versus the yeah, movies themselves yeah it's about the writers of so the national uh, Lampoons. Yeah. yep uh two silent movies uh starring the marx brothers uh, night of the opera and duck soup I don't even know yes. if those are silent to be. I think they're, they're silent. not silent movies. Oh, then never mind. They're not silent movies. The Marx Brothers oh, yeah. are
1: definitely not silent.
0: Two movies that were nominated for uh, Oscars in 1992: Malcolm X um, mm-hmm. and The Player. Um, nice. The Player movie about movies. Malcolm X, a biopic. Yeah. Um, I had Unforgiven that we just talked about. I had Being the Ricardos, movies about show business, and The Red Scare. Yeah. And uh, and then any of the recent Spider Men because we have
1: Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei in those. Um, More movies about people in showbiz being the Ricardos, The Kid Stays in the Picture, Ed Wood, Seaberg. There's a Charlie Chaplin biopic from last year called The Real Charlie Chaplin, Mm. uh, The Last Tycoon. Is that a biopic Uh, or a documentary? It's a documentary. Okay. And uh, the Good good Night and uh, Good good Luck I put on my list. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy and Pollock were both on my list Mm -hmm. um, as far as biopics go. Jurassic Park was on the short list, and we didn't even mention. Um, I think we mentioned this offline, Chappie. Oh yeah, Chappie. Yeah. A title connection. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember if the robot speaks in that or not, but you know. Uh, yes. Didn't come up. Chappie's guy. I like Chappie.
0: I think Chappie's a good movie. Yeah, I never uh, saw Chappie, so. Yeah. I know. Richard like Attenborough Chappy. also made a biopic of Gandhi called Gandhi. That's um, also true. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we not with Gandhi. Ben Kingsley plays
0: Gandhi. Ben Kingsley. Although did Ben Kingsley play the mand- the Mandarin in uh did
1: but that was but, the joke because yeah. that was the whole joke of him playing Trevor the the English actor because he's uh, pretending. Man, should anyway. we have done
0: Iron Man three
1: because we had the I Mandarin kind of should have we could have done yeah. the Mandarin
0: and Robert Downey Jr. together. I'm kind
1: of surprised not yeah. a single MCU movie was suggested. Uh, yeah i'm shocked i'm shocked or more robert downey jr movies i mean oh
0: what's that? that's another one uh, heart and souls was another one on my list i didn't say that yes. have you ever seen heart and souls i love I it i have seen
1: heart and souls yeah, yeah. I, I, at what's least i loved one... it as a kid what's the one he also did in the late 90s that's really good what lock stock and two smoking Barrels? Oh, no kiss kiss bang bang kiss kiss bang bang yeah. That, yeah. i always kiss. mix up the titles of those two yeah yeah uh, very similar kiss. to iron man 3 like
0: iron man yeah. 3 you like kiss kiss bang bang yeah so. kiss kiss
1: bang bang is very good yeah. Um, all right, let's take it from the top. we talked about a whole tag. bunch of movies we're not going to be doing next week. Let's talk yeah, about right? what Mike's doing next Sorry week. Sorry we're not doing Kiss Kiss Bag Bag. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right, we are doing—well, we're not doing it yet, but The King's <laughs> Speech. Raging Bull, A Beautiful Mind, Bonnie and Clyde, Wonder Boys, The Aviator, Singing in the Rain, The Great Dictator, Into the Wild, Milk, The Imitation Game, Trumbo, Stan and Ollie, Sunset Boulevard, Singing in the Rain, The Buster Keaton Story, J. Edgar, The Artist, Good Night and Good Luck, Barton Fink, A Glorious Bastards, Limelight, Blues Brothers, Amadeus, Nixon, and The Fifth Element. Zach, you get to go first. Oh, man. Uh, This is tough. There
0: are so many good options this week. I know. Uh, This is a great week. Yeah. I mean, this movie really really lended itself to connections. Um, Yeah
1: all Especially kinds of different
0: things like, yeah. yeah um dicta- great dictators high on my list sunset mm-hmm. boulevard is one i watched in high school and i've been wanting yep. to revisit because i wasn't like a huge fan of sunset boulevard um when i saw it but i'm sure i would like it better now yeah. um of so, you know, the rain always a good one to revisit the i think the aviator actually i'm I just looking at this list like i know it's, i just think it's like the strongest connection we've got Leonardo DiCaprio who plays jedger hoover in that movie yeah. uh, Okay, you know again like a hollywood you know biopic about uh you know takes place over the same time period. period. The, oh, it
1: takes place over the exact same time period as well yeah like the stories are
0: concurrent i yeah. so i just think like and we have a character struggle with mental illness and that like there's tons of connections between Chaplin and the aviator um okay. but i definitely will try to get to the great dictator at some point if you don't yeah. end up suggesting it
1: so and um, I really if you didn't pick the aviator, I probably would have, but that also opens it up for me to hit a blind spot in Trumbo mm-hmm. that has been on my list for freaking ever and it would be great to finally take it off. And I like the idea of watching Trumbo uh you know, after this because it also revolves around the McCarthy McCarthyism. Trumbo is a writer who's blacklisted and McCarthy Month. Yeah yeah McCarthy month? oh man yeah. damn mccarthy month. mccarthy may or i guess yeah, it's June never mind. Yeah.
0: well i guess it's jane yeah. yeah mccarthy may right. is over um, uh all right from your list got Jay edgar the artist which was on my list uh yep. good night and good luck and glorious bastards barton fink um <laughs> uh mccarthy might, might continue with good night and good luck uh but i also and good Luck is
1: really
0: good i've never seen it um and i haven't seen the artist since it came out Um i've never seen the artist Oh, all right. We'll let's do The Artist. It's a Best Picture winner you've never seen. I feel like we need to I've put never that seen on the list. It. Yeah. All right. Um, I remember I went to
1: E Street and saw that movie with a couple yeah. of our friends. So, and yeah. I'm going to make it even harder. Um, and I am going to pick one that we didn't pick last week. But we got a couple of different cast connections. It's a biopic. I'm going to throw in Nixon, Nixon as my pick. From I just watched um,
0: Platoon, which is also Oliver Stone. Um, yeah. So... All right, so we've got The Aviator, which is streaming on HBO Max, so everybody yep. can just keep those HBO Max subscriptions rolling. Oh, yeah. Also on Cinemax, if you've got that. And it looks like it, it says CBS All Access, but not Paramount+, Plus, so I'm not it sure. Sometimes
1: it sometimes does have it switched over, so who knows?
0: Uh, Trumbo awesome. is on Amazon Prime and Canopy.
1: Fantastic. i got The Artist. I've been wanting to see Trumbo forever.
0: Uh, the Artist is on a whole bunch. It's on Hoopla, Canopy, Perfect. and then some ad-supported stuff actually watched okay. it i watched a movie on the roku channel with ads in it early. it sucks don't yeah. do that pay for it don't don't watch with ads it really breaks it off yeah. um and then nixon is on hoopla um yeah and i think so, we talked about that last
1: week
0: yeah uh saw rubinek is in is in uh nixon oh. <laughs> the saw rubinek award uh um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in nixon yeah there are a lot of, yeah it's a huge cast <laughs> a huge running time as well um yeah Well, uh, I guess – so all of these movies kind of huge running time except The Artist. Um, Honestly, The Artist is like the first one that came to mind for me because it's about exactly what this movie was about, which is the silent films as they're transitioning to talkies. Um, Yeah. So – but yeah, I think any
1: of the four are pretty strong contenders. Um, And it's George Valentin. George Valentin is not a character in this movie, right? Is this, a, no. is this a fictional movie, or is this I think a... It's, I'm pretty sure it's fictional. It's fictional. Um, it's not a biopic. So yeah. you lose that connection. But uh, it does take place in the same time period. Um, yes.
0: So we've got Oliver Stone, Nixon. Uh, Trumbo is Jay Roach, who did Trumbo. So uh, that's
1: yeah. the same guy
0: did Meet the Parents and Bombshell. Um, yep. also I mean, movies. I
1: freaking love The Aviator, but I get that it's a... It can be... It might... Some people might consider it a slog. I mean, it's a three, it's an over three hour movie, right? Under three hour movie. Is it under three hours? Okay. Yeah, Nixon I, I know is it's over, very long. Nixon is over three hours. So Nixon is 192
0: yeah. minutes. So Nixon is three hours and 10 minutes. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Especially for a short week since we're recording late. I mean, it's, oh, only, yeah, we are recording it's late, only 20 yeah. minutes longer than The Aviator, but, um, yeah. and it would be new. But it's not really streaming that many places. Um, oh,
2: right.
1: I, don't know. Um, I mean, to- I'd be happy to tackle the artist. Um, but it's probably the least, the one I'm least excited about of the four. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. But it is the only one I haven't seen, so that's the other part. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I think we should do the artist. It's like accessible on a lot of yeah. different platforms. You've never seen it. it's a best picture winner. The I mean, you know, there's probably not that many best picture winners of the last 15 years that you haven't seen,
1: right? That's a good point. Yeah, it's one of one of maybe two that yeah. I haven't seen in the last 10 years, 15 so. years
0: um uh, and yeah. i know olin's trying right, to watch
1: let's... all the best picture winners although this is this takes Olin out of his order because i think he's watching them in order he hasn't gone up to 2011 yeah. yet um uh, someday we will have justice for the aviator i know it keeps coming up i think it's even made the finals before um i do uh, absolutely love that movie you are uh, making Trumbo... me
0: reconsider the
1: aviator um I, I any of these four i would be i honestly before yeah honestly forward. i'm happy with any of these four um could always put it to well, no, we don't have time to do a Twitter poll. Um, well, no, 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 we're not doing the Twitter poll. We so have we have a the coin. coin between the artist and the aviator. The two A's. The two A's. Uh, the all two right. a holes. Two a
0: holes. Yes. All right. Yeah. Closing up. All right. So we've got heads is the aviator, tails is the artist, and we've got heads. Oh, you oh, are not doing the artist. you are doing the, the
2: aviator.
0: aviator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. All right. Leonardo DiCaprio playing. Howard Hughes. We're going back to a movie that both of us have seen, but that's okay. Yes. Um, yeah, we're
1: yeah. revisiting Catherine Hepburn, which is exciting. Oh, nice. All right. Yes,
0: that's fun. Um, so Hollywood in the turn of the century. Yep. Uh, I guess about the turn of the century. The, the Great Depression, World War One. Well, not World War One, World War Two. Great Depression. Um, yeah. Uh, this is like a – I feel like we're going back in time to the movie we could have picked after Catch Me If You Can.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep
0: a movie that i wanted to
1: pick after catch wiki cat and we did not yes um, all right so v- the Aviator v- is streaming on, again
0: yeah Aviator is streaming on hbo max cinemax yep. and cbs all access question mark um, maybe yeah maybe uh so we're probably gonna be back to recording on tuesday next week so a little bit of a shorter week for everybody but uh send your feedback in at ladder movie and the movie ladder at uh, for us to talk about martin scorsese's the aviator from 2004 And uh, we're back to talk all about that, all about Howard Hughes. Brendan, uh, what are you going to watch? This, what do you? What's one thing that you're? We're going long.
1: What's one thing you're looking forward to watching? Yeah. So so the the thing I'm watching this week for it is uh, Richard Linklater week on the Criterion Challenge, and the biggest blind spot that I want to watch on his list uh, of ten selected films is another Martin Scorsese movie. It's going to be Martin Scorsese weekend for me as I watch The Last Temptation of Christ ah nice uh modus
0: biopic weekend for you yeah
1: there we go
0: (laughs) so it's not richard linklater's films that you're watching it's his top no 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 it's
1: his list of criterion picks. yeah
0: yeah and i haven't gotten there yet because i haven't watched last week so uh at some point i am uh from last week's criterion challenge i'm supposed to watch antichrist which is going to be about as uh scary and Mm -hmm. and and upsetting as it sounds by the title it sounds yeah no thanks i'm good yeah it's, so it's, it's, I'm at a real catch-22 with that, because I want to watch Antichrist <laughs> only at night, because I don't want to watch that when it's light out, because it's going to be like a right. terrifying, disturbing movie. So I have to wait till it's dark enough, out, and it's the summer, so it stays light out later. But the uh, other side of that sword, or the other side of that blade, is that uh, I don't want to watch it right before I go to bed, because I think I'm going to be like not able to sleep. Right, right, right. So I might try to do it tonight. We'll see. Um, but yes, Antichrist is is my movie so uh <laughs> wish me luck <laughs> great uh good luck right. my yeah. friend well with that uh we'll see you next week to talk about the aviator starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Clay- Kate Blanchett and Kate Beckinsale let's see what we got for uh do we 80? have any fun reviews of this uh i would be surprised uh to have robert donnie jr publicly perform the exercise of aging charlie chaplin is one of the most perverted things i've seen in life.
2: <laughs> true
0: um, yes he didn't say he looked like a thumb though but i, I i'm not gonna it didn't look like a thumb
2: yeah um, oh. Somebody
0: else who compares this to Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a very long review. Yeah. I'm not gonna read that. Uh just so, oh, here we go. So this is a good one. So Charlie Chaplin's daughter is also his mother. Doesn't that cause some sort of time paradox?